By Gods and Kings takes place in the fictional world of Dunai. For more information on By Gods and Kings or any of the products affiliated with it, please check out our website at www.bygodsandkings.com. Scare was taken aback by the sight before him. He was not expecting to see the god of the atmosphere, but instead was sent to see the high priest. However, upon seeing the god of the atmosphere before him, he knew he had to act. He couldn't simply stand there and look befuddled. He had to at least appear confident. I never thought I would see two gods in one week. Perhaps my luck is changing, he announced as he walked into the room. Tal just turned to look at Scare and examined him closely. He remained quiet while folding his arms across his chest, appearing indifferent at the mortal standing before him. And what business do you have with the high priest? Asked Talgis as he stood still. Scare composed his words over a few seconds before speaking, knowing now that he had to be careful. The god of the atmosphere, like the high priest, was quick to anger. He did not want a flock of harpies coming down on the room and a flurry of talons going across his flesh. Scare knew he had to take care. My lord, I've been sent from the Isle of Warton to parley with you in the hopes that you can get Xylene to stop attacking us. He said bluntly and directly, getting straight to the point and not mixing words. He knew now nuance was not what he needed, but instead, he had to be confident and forthright. The god of the atmosphere would respect it, but only if he was direct. As Scare spoke, Tal just remained calm and still. He listened to the request, but he didn't heed it very carefully. Instead, he allowed it to pass by him. Why would you make the trek to Zertal? The Isle of Warton is so far away, there is nothing I can do to help you. Scare closed his eyes and composed himself again. My lord, I was hoping you could parlay with Xylene. He has been attacking us for centuries and we are trying to get him to stop. The Naga are relentless and we need our ships to make it to port. We were hoping you could talk to him. Perhaps there is something we can offer you that would allow you to do this. Tal just scoffed loudly and turned away from Scare, walking away toward one of the altars. The high priest has been gone for some time now, and I've yet to appoint a new one. All of the abbots are after this position, but none of them are worthy of it. Perhaps you have ambitions of your own. What was your name again? He asked curiously. My name is Scare, and I am from the Isle of Warton. I represent the Mertrons. Ah, yes, announced Talgis as he turned back towards Scare. Throughout history, the Mertrons have been typically weak, yet somewhat formidable at the same time. It's quite a conundrum, announced Talgis as he walked forward. They've remained staunchly independent, though there haven't been attempts to sway them. I can tell you every god has tried to get the Isle of Warton on their side. However, Xylene is the only one who's been aggressive about it. Perhaps you should join him. Perhaps joining Xylene would stop the attacks. But then you would anger more of the gods. Nerilil would send her fleets to attack your ships. Balkus wouldn't care. Valorous is quite useless, but... Nevertheless, he still has his powers, and he has several god touched at his command. Valorous would be the one I would worry about, but... It wouldn't be something to really bother yourself with. You should join Xylene. I think it would be the right move. Tal just smiled at Scare as he tried to convince him to join the God of the Seas. My lord, that is the last thing that I want right now. There is nothing that we would gain by joining Xylene. He has killed countless numbers of our citizens and we need to move on. We need to get aggressive and we need to defend ourselves against him. Tal just nodded slowly. Fine, fine, I understand. You don't want to join him, but you're coming to me for help. Are you prepared to join me instead? Scare paused and took a deep breath of the cool air inside Talgis's chamber. He looked over at a blank wall and locked his eyes on a singular brick, trying his best to compose his answer without offending the god of the atmosphere. As was the case in Teardret, he was now poised to answer a question he was not prepared to. Would he have to join a god to ensure the safety of the Isle of Wharton? Would he have to sacrifice his independence? 
and swear fealty to a god in order to ensure the safety of his friends and family. Scare looked back at Talgis and smiled. My lord, I'm not prepared to become a priest, nor am I prepared to become an abbot or some simple follower. Talgis chuckled and shook his head. Then what are you prepared to offer? Scare glanced down at the ground and shook his head. I don't know what I'm prepared to offer, he answered in a very contrite and solemn tone. Talgis smiled and walked over to Scare. How about instead of seeing what you can offer me, why don't we see what you want instead? Talgis paused and turned toward an open window. I know you want the safety and security of the Isle of Wharton. That can be offered and that can be secured. Xylene will want something for it, and I can tell you this, I will as well if I'm going to broker the peace. And I think, Scare, you have something that both of us want. It's not something the Isle of Wharton has, but instead, what you possess in your heart. It's what you possess in your drive. It's what you possess in that fervor that has slayed countless numbers of Naga. Xylene has talked about you to me. I know of your exploits, and I know how powerful you are. I know about that drive and that hunger that fuels you. I know that if I had someone like Scare on my side, I would have a powerful ally and a powerful warrior at my disposal. Tao just turned back to Scare and smiled. How about instead of seeing what you can offer me, how about I tell you what I am willing to offer you? I don't want you to be a priest. I don't want you to be an abbot. Someone of your ability would be a waste for you to be a follower. I need you to be something more. I need you to be a champion. I need you to be someone who serves me in all of my endeavors. I need you to be someone who fights on the front lines and stands up to Vesia. I need you to be more than anybody else that I have. I need you to be more than my high priest. I need you to be a God-touched servant. Scare was taken aback and remained silent at Talgis' offer. He knew what it meant to become a God-touched servant. He would be immortal, but he would be bound to serve. His essence would be bound to deny, but he would have to serve a master for the rest of eternity. There were special rules that he would have to follow. And while unaware of what they were, he was open to the idea so long as it brought prosperity to the Isle of Wharton. Before Scare could answer, Tao just turned and looked at him once more. I did mention Xylene would want something in return as well, though. A light scuffle grabbed Scare's attention as he turned toward the shadows. From out of the corner, the god of the seas appeared. Xylene smiled at Scare as Tao just folded his arms across his chest, proud of his accomplishment. Scare, the rules of being a god touched are simple. You must serve the god who binds your essence to deny. However, there is one caveat. You are allowed to change your allegiance one time. In exchange for the safety and security of the Isle of Wharton, you will be converted into a god-touched servant of Xylene. You will learn some of his abilities, and you will become a very dutiful warrior. Upon completion of the conversion, you will convert your allegiance to me. You will serve me as the god of atmosphere, though you will be loaned from time to time to serve Xylene, the god of the sea. All of this is in exchange for the safety of the Isle of Wharton. However, this does come at another cost. If the Isle of Wharton joins another god, say, Darien or Valkus, then our agreement is null. You will still be a god-touched servant and you will still be bound to me. However, the Isle of Wharton's safety will no longer be guaranteed. Scare closed his eyes and composed his thoughts as Xylene folded his arms across his chest and appeared defiant. You are a dutiful warrior and very powerful. I have lost countless number of Naga to you, and I look forward to your servitude, even if it's under the guise of Talgis. Scare nodded slowly, already making up his mind to what he was going to do and what had to be done. I will submit to being your god-touch, Talgis. I will allow Xylene to convert me. However, I would like to be able to return to the Isle of Wharton one time to tell them the conditions. They need to be made aware of the terms of our arrangement so that they don't violate them. Talgis and Xylene looked over at one another and nodded simultaneously. I suppose that's only fair, 
answered Xylene softly. We will allow you to return to the Isle of Orton once the conversion is complete. Let King Rylagek know of what has happened, what has transpired, and what sacrifice you have made. Scare opened his eyes and looked up at both of the gods. Then let's get this over with. I'd like to know that my sacrifice has not been in vain. Evelis and Elise took a deep breath and exhaled slowly. The Grand Temple of Malarus was to their right, casting a shadow down on them. However, in front of them, the Palace of Malarus was a sight to be seen. They had only heard stories of its grandeur, but now the wonderful structure was before them. Polished white steps led the way to a large, purple door that led inside the Grand Palace of Malarus. The siblings remained at the bottom of the steps and collected their thoughts together. It would only be a matter of time before they'd be speaking to Malarus, and they did not want to embarrass themselves or their family. Eblis looked at Elise and smiled. You know father would frown immensely if he knew you were about to be talking to Malarus. Elise turned back to her brother and scoffed, and he'd know better to simply let you do it. The banter between the two allowed them to compose themselves and remain a sense of calm. Finally, after letting out a deep sigh between them, they both took their first step up the steps together. Once at the top, the two purple doors opened simultaneously and revealed the inside of the Palace of Malarus and its immense grandeur. Once inside, Elise and Eblis noticed several busts of the God of Chaos. However, in the center of them all was the God of Chaos himself. Malarus stood prominently with his arms folded across his chest. His black robes with purple trim flowed majestically to go along with his black hair. His sun-kissed skin showed few signs of age, though both Elise and Eblis knew that he was immensely older than they were. Though millennia had passed, Malarus only appeared to be a few years older than they were. Malarus looked at Elise and Eblis and smiled warmly. I see my guests have finally arrived. I do hope you were not given too much trouble at the port. The magistrate tends to be a little overzealous from time to time. Evelis smiled and nodded. I'm sure they're simply doing their job. We understand that sometimes you have to take extra precautions when those come into the port. We have rules very similar when ships come into our port. Mallory shrugged his shoulders and turned away, walking over to a small chalice at the end of a table. The rules are made to keep the citizens of the city safe. However, sometimes we have to look past them. Sometimes we have to bend them. And unfortunately, sometimes we have to break them. Mallory took a sip from the chalice and looked back at Evelis. Tell me, Master Mertrand, how often do you break the rules? Eblis smiled and looked down at the ground. I try not to as often as possible. However, there have been times when I've had to bend them a little further than they should. Mallory set the chalice down and clapped his hands. And that's what I like to hear. Someone who actually tells the truth. Anybody who refuses to break the rules is not someone that I would prefer to associate with. They're not a real person. They don't have real ambition. Sometimes we have to bend things to simply see just how far they'll go before they break. Elise smiled and shook her head, looking at the god of chaos with a look of curiosity. Tell me, sir, how often do you break the rules with the other gods? How often do they bend them? And how does Vesya feel about all of this? Malarus laughed heartily at Elise's question. The goddess of law tends to wish that we all would follow the rules to the letter. However, she's known us for many a millennia. She knows that is not in our nature. She knows that we will always test the boundaries, especially my brother. Elise stepped toward Malarus with curiosity. Are you referring to Darien? Malarus laughed and shook his head again. Oh no, I'm referring to Darilius. While I see that you are quite curious to know more about the gods, I can tell you that Darilius' curiosity knows no bounds. He will simply place his thumb on the scale just to see how far he can move it. And unfortunately, Dahar just lets it happen. Dahar allows Darilius to scratch his curiosity while the rest of us are made to suffer. It's quite unfair if you ask me. However, it's the world that we live in and the world that we created. 
Aurelius gets to play with his toys while the rest of us just exist in his sandbox. Elise folded her arms across her chest and looked playfully at Malaris. Would you say that you were jealous of your brother? She inquired curiously. Oh no, I'm far from jealous. I love my life and I love what I've created here. I love the people of Brile and I love what they've built for me and what they've built with me. We are the only hub in Dunai that has actual tranquility. People here are at peace. Even those who are in destitute and squalor live with a bit more than those in Merdul. Those who trek to Brile understand what they are getting into. They understand that while I rule here with an iron fist, I also rule here with love and compassion. I love my followers, I love my citizens, and I will do everything I can to take care of them. Malaris took another sip from the chalice and looked over at Evelis and Elise. That brings me to my next question. I understand that Xylene is attacking you, and I also understand that the Duchies of Merdul are soon to attack as well. Why are you in Brile? Are you actually thinking I'm willing to help? Evelis stepped forward in front of Elise with Malaris raising his hand. No, I'd rather hear from her. I'd rather hear from your sister. Evelis was taken aback and looked at Malaris with disdain. Why? We're here together, he inquired curiously. Malaris shook his head and closed his eyes. No, she seems a bit more composed than you are. You seem like the muscle. She seems like the brains. I'd rather speak to her about this. Evelis looked over his shoulder at Elise, who was blushing. The god of chaos realized her potential, something that she wished her father would as well. Malaris, you're right. We are under attack from the Naga by Xylene. We're also soon to be under attack from the Duchies of Orne. We don't know what we can do, and you were the only person we could turn to that would help us. We have little resources and allies left, and with the duchies beginning to swarm, there's not much left we can do. There's no one left we can turn to, so we are forced to come to Brile. We're forced to parlay with you in the hopes that you can help us. Malaris locked eyes with Elise and set the chalice down on the table. You're not followers of me. You do not worship me. You do not live in Brile. How can I actually help you if I don't get anything out of it in return? You do not belong to my order. You simply belong on an island. I know. But perhaps we could give you something, inserted Elise. Perhaps there is something that we have on the Isle of Warton that you want. Malaris closed his eyes and shook his head, disagreeing with Elise. I am the god of chaos. I feast on the souls of those who were once alive. What could you have that I could possibly want? Elise looked back at Ebelis and shook her head. She didn't know what to say. However, Malaris inserted himself into the silence. However, I also like to feast on the things I'm denied. I like to feast on the things that are brought to me. I like to feast on what my followers grow. Why don't tonight, Elise, you join me for dinner and we actually discuss this further? Your brother can explore the city and the taverns while you and I break bread together and perhaps we can come to an agreement. Perhaps we can figure out a way that we can help you. Evelis was taken aback and stepped forward. Are you not going to meet with me? Are you only going to meet with my sister? Malaris nodded emphatically. Yes, Master Matrand, I am. I have no intentions of speaking with you further. I only want to speak with your sister. Will that be acceptable? Inquired the god of chaos. Evelis was left with nothing else to say. He simply shrugged his shoulders and turned away. Elise, however, smiled and nodded. Of course, god of chaos. I would love to dine with you tonight. I'll be back here in a few hours. Malaris smiled genuinely as he locked eyes with Elise. And I look forward to it. Hey everybody, thanks again for listening to the By Gods and Kings podcast. For more information on By Gods and Kings, you can always visit our website at www.bygodsandkings.com. But hey, you can also find us on Twitter, at By Gods and Kings. You can also find us on Facebook and even Reddit. We look forward to giving more content to you guys. You guys have a great afternoon. We'll see you on the other side.